Welcome to Sunrise, your weekday podcast bringing you a fresh squeeze into Florida's news, politics, and culture. I'm your host, Tremel Gomes. The battle over mask mandates in schools intensifies as Governor DeSantis gives parents against wearing masks a chance to vent. I know the effects and the impact of what happens with COVID, but I also know a greater impact of what happens with a Down syndrome child when you mask them. Republican Representative Randy Fine says school boards will pay. There's a special place in hell for these people who have done this to, to this man's daughter, and I assure you we're going to hold them accountable for that. Leaders at the Florida Department of Veterans Affairs tell lawmakers how they plan to address veteran suicide rates. The increased isolation combined with uncertainty of the future and the ongoing fatigue that's caused by the past 20 months of the COVID pandemic has added stress to our veterans. And who would you tell if you win big playing the Florida lottery? One lawmaker wants to make sure your jackpot can stay a secret for a little while. These winners endure all type of scams, harassment, and some here in Florida, even a loss of life. And so this is our effort to protect Floridians who win big with the Florida lottery. Today's Sunrise interview dives deep into the issue of veteran suicides with Florida politics reporter Jason Delgado, who breaks down what lawmakers are hoping to have done federally and right here in the Sunshine State to curb the problem. We've got all that, including other top stories trending around the state and capital. Plus, we have your calendar of political events and more. But first, a word from our sponsor. You're listening to the Sunrise podcast from Florida Politics. Following is a paid political advertisement paid for by Florida Education Champions. Online sports betting, it's legal and it's coming to Florida. With passage of our amendment next year, any tax revenues collected are required to supplement the Florida Educational Enhancement Trust Fund. Hundreds of millions of dollars in new revenue for students and teachers, with more choices and competition for Florida consumers. Be a champion today. Learn more and request your petition at FloridaEducationChampions.com. And now the top stories on Sunrise for Thursday, October 21st. Today is National Pumpkin Cheesecake Day. That is definitely on my agenda today. Also, it's National Reptile Awareness Day and National Pets for Veterans Day. On this day in 1879, Thomas Edison invented the electric incandescent lamp. It would last 13 and a half hours before it would burn out. In 1925, the U.S. Treasury Department announced it had fined 29,620 people for prohibition violations. That's when alcohol was illegal. And in 1960, John F. Kennedy and Richard Nixon debated for the fourth and final time before the 1960 U.S. presidential election. Relatives of the Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School massacre shook their heads or broke down in tears Wednesday morning as gunman Nicholas Cruz pled guilty to 17 counts of murder and 17 counts of attempted first-degree murder and then apologized to the victims in a short speech. I am very sorry for what I did and I have to live with it every day and that if I were to get a second chance I would do everything in my power to try to help others. And I am doing this for you, and I do not care if you do not believe me. And I love you, and I know you don't believe me, but I have to live with this every day. Anthony Borges, one of the survivors of the massacre, says he wants to move on from the pain. That, that's not my right. Like, I'm not got to take the decision like to kill her or not. That's not my decision. My decision is to be a better person and be like to change the world. And every kid, like, I don't want nobody to like happen this again. Like, it hurts. It hurts. It really hurts. 
Parent Tony Maltalto told reporters, quote, Today we saw a cold and calculated killer confess to the murder of my daughter Gina and 16 other innocent victims at their school. Montalto says the guilty pleas are the first step in the judicial process. The February 14, 2018 attack at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas stunned the nation and sparked calls for gun reform, which Florida enacted background checks, banned bump stocks, allowed local authorities to temporarily restrict red flag gun owners, and added a three-day waiting period to purchase a gun, plus raised the minimum age to 21. Governor Ron DeSantis gathered parents against mask mandates in Titusville Wednesday to speak out. But you have a lot of parents, and you'll hear from some of them today, uh, who feel very strongly that, that this is something uh, that is really their decision to make. Dr. Jeffrey Steele talked about his seven-year-old daughter who has Down syndrome. So I know the effects and the impact of what happens with COVID, but I also know a greater impact of what happens with a Down syndrome child when you mask them. Steele described finding his daughter with a soiled mask from saliva. I believe personally, my opinion, it has nothing to do with mask and, and science and everything to do with power and control. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention details how universal masking helps stop the spread and minimize disruptions to school operations for safe in-person education. There are also a number of studies that show counties without masking are continuing to see more kids being infected. However, Florida's Surgeon General, Dr. Joseph Lapido, disagrees with that kind of data. And the data do not support any clinical benefit for children in schools with mask mandates. The highest quality data find no evidence of benefit. Republican Representative Randy Fine says they will act to protect parents like Dr. Steele. I very much appreciate the parent who told the story about his daughter, Sophia, and what happened to her. And I can guarantee you this, in the role that I play in the legislature, there will be consequences for that. And he says the school board will pay. There's a special place in hell for these people who have done this to to this man's daughter. And I assure you, we're going to hold them accountable for that. And promising to back parents up in their fight against school boards is Brevard County Sheriff Wayne Ivey. But what we don't need is somebody coming in here starting to investigate our parents for voicing their opinions. To the mask mandate here in Brevard County, the illegal mask mandate that violates the governor's executive order. Let me just be very clear. I have made it clear to my school resource deputies, our head of security at the schools, that we are not the mask police. If your child is not wearing a mask, we are not going to engage in any action. We will not. On Wednesday, an administrative law judge rejected a request by the state to dismiss the challenge by six school boards to the rule that seeks to prevent student mask mandates during the COVID-19 pandemic. So the school district's challenge will be heard in court today. On Wednesday, members of the Florida Department of Veterans Affairs highlighted Florida's efforts to address veteran suicide at a House subcommittee meeting. The presentation comes as suicide prevention experts fear the COVID-19 pandemic will disproportionately impact vulnerable members of the state's veteran community. Florida politics reporter Jason Delgado covered the meeting and is here to share the outcome. Jason Delgado, welcome back to Sunrise. You've been tracking a serious and important issue, that's veteran suicides. Could you please fill us in on the latest to address this issue? That's right. So lawmakers yesterday got a briefing by the Florida Department of Veterans Affairs 
And they sort of broke down what the state is doing to try to mitigate these veteran suicides amid the pandemic. What's the current state of veteran suicides in Florida? Is it a growing issue? Well, Florida is not alone. Like any state, uh, veteran suicide is an ongoing issue. I just think the key as of yesterday was how is the pandemic aggravating this? Uh, And so they cited the veteran crisis line, which is a 24-7 national phone line. And their communication volume is saw a 98% increase over the year. Like, that's dramatic. That is dramatic, especially to hear the executive director of the Florida Department of Veterans Affairs share those statistics. That's right. So you had executive director James Hartzell. He's a former Marine. And then you also had Lauren Stentz, and she's the suicide prevention and research specialist at FDBA. So what are they doing about this issue? Or rather, what are they asking for? Well, among other things, they highlighted the Florida governor's challenge, and it's part of a larger national push that came out of uh, the Trump White House. But what they want to do is the federal government's calling on each state to harmonize local and state resources. So in other words, like many other problems, there's different remedies, but people are simply unaware of it, whether it comes from the local government or the state. And so what they want to do is try to get into lockstep with each other to better address the situation. How are we able to track how many veterans are being lost to suicide? So here's the interesting thing is that the federal VA does an annual report detailing in depth uh, what the situation is with veteran suicides. The problem is, is that report is lagged. So presently, the data we have is from 2019. So that doesn't account for what the pandemic may or may have not done in this veteran community. So what they can say was that in 2019, which is the most recent data we have available from the federal VA, Florida lost 553 veterans to suicide. Wow. I understand we have a bipartisan effort to take federal action on this issue. Who's involved in that? Correct. So Matt Wilhite and Senator Danny Burgess are proposing memorials that essentially call on the federal government and Congress to recognize the situation as like quote, an epidemic, an epidemic of suicide. They're also calling for Congress to fully fund whatever initiatives the VA says they need to better address the situation. What are they expecting a memorial to do? A memorial is more or less a symbolic gesture, uh, but if passed, it'll go through the same legislative process. Copies of this memorial will get sent to the president and uh, Speaker of the House and the Senate president up in D.C., and it'll also go to Florida's congressional delegation. So in other words, it's saying, hey, we as a legislature, you know, are united on one front and we're asking you to take action on this. Special thanks to Jason Delgado, reporter with Florida Politics. Here's your calendar of events. The House Criminal Justice and Public Safety Subcommittee will consider a bill by Republican Representative Scott Plakin that would that would allow first-degree murder charges against methamphetamine distributors whose drugs lead to users dying. The House Higher Education Appropriations Subcommittee will receive a presentation about recommendations related to the effective access to student education, or EASE grant program, which provides money to students who attend private colleges and universities. The House Justice Appropriations Subcommittee will receive presentations about budget requests from the Department of Corrections and the Commission on Offender Review. 
Also, the mask fight is up. Administrative law judge Brian Newman is scheduled to start a two-day hearing on a challenge by six school districts who contend the state overstepped its authority by preventing them from imposing mask mandates. The Florida College System Council of Presidents will meet today in Tallahassee, and the Florida Public Service Commission will hold a hearing on a proposed settlement that would raise Tampa Electric Company's customers' base electric rates over three years. Imagine playing the lottery and you hit the big jackpot. Who do you tell first, or would you keep it to yourself? The latter might be the best move considering some of the bad luck that befalls the lucky after a big win, according to Democratic Representative Tracy Davis. Everyone thinks about winning the lottery prize, right? Coming a millionaire from just striking this, you know, scratch, scratch off or something like that. But unfortunately, for some people to dream, that becomes a nightmare. And these winners endure all type of scams, harassment, and some here in Florida, even a loss of life. And so this is our effort to protect Floridians who win big with the Florida lottery. Representative Davis's House Bill 159 would shield the identity of those lucky winners of $250,000 or more for 90 days. The bill would allow lottery winners to keep their names confidential, though they would be allowed to waive that right if they so choose. Confidentiality would not apply to government entities which have access to such information for functions ranging from child support to retiring state debts. The bill, which has been heard before, made it through the Government Operations Subcommittee with a 14-to-1 vote and has two more committee stops. It's still waiting to get lucky in the Senate. Finally, as you jumpstart your day, thanks for tuning in for today's Sunrise. I'm Tramel Gomes, inviting you to join us again tomorrow for a fresh squeeze into Florida's news, politics, and culture.